Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. How are you doing today? We are back with a hot topic number three with the Lumberjack Landlord. How you doing, Matt? I'm doing super awesome, Mike. Really excited to talk about this because this is right in the first time homebuyer's wheelhouse. Yeah. Yeah, this, this, is, um, this is a conversation that uh, should impact everybody listening. Agreed. And we'll just get into it right now. Ba- basically, I believe there are a lot of right and wrong financial goals. Uh, I think a lot of what is put out there are frankly wrong. And um, I thought we should just talk about some of the good ones and some of the bad ones. And I'll, uh, I'll go first. Yeah. The first one for me is it's all about income. Uh, I happen to live in the Silicon Valley. I've been here for 50 years. And I, you know, my first job, I made like $3 and 15 cents an hour working mm-hmm. in fast food. And uh, let's just say I made a little bit more than that uh, leading sales teams. And <laughs> the whole idea here is it's not about income, right? Because for me, I, I've known people that have made seven figures in a year who had nothing left and frankly owed money when it came time to pay the piper. Sure. I think there is too much focus in this world right now on income. Don't get me wrong. Income's important. But mm-hmm. a high income without the di- the discipline on spending and lifestyle and sacrifice and live below your means and and all the non sexy stuff is um, frankly you can go you could probably go broke faster with a high income because you can get credit you can get debt so I I just wish more people realize it's not about income it's not about the income line on your income your family's income statement so that's my first one. Yeah, I mean, to that end, you know, you can get plenty of credit, you can get yourself margin, you can get yourself all the things that get you into trouble that much faster. Yeah, you're an accredited and, investor, know, just because of yeah. income level, right? I mean, how does that make right. sense? Yeah. Hey, still, when I lose a quarter million bucks, I'm sure it's still gonna hurt. Yeah, right. And yeah, I mean, oh. you know, it's that, yeah, that's, that's still a number that hurts, right? Mm-hmm. So accredited or not, but, mm-hmm. you know, you look at it really across the board. And it's kind of funny, because we're a services economy, right? Or a spend, spend, spend economy. Yeah. And so why would the government ever want to do the right thing by people and tell them, hey, stop spending, cut yeah. it out. They need everyone to spend. They need everyone to spend and spend like drunken sailors. All those stimulus checks. What That's kind of what a check was it again, Mike? Yeah. What, what kind of a check was it again? <laughs> was it a stimulus check? Yeah. To stimulate the economy? And that's what happens is that, you know, people spend, spend, spend. And the problem is, is that that's the fastest area you can improve your financial life. Oh, it's on the spend side, not on the revenue side. Yeah. Yeah. That's my first one. What do you got? Yeah. I mean, I, I, my, my, like I said, I think my counter to it is, you know, I think the most important thing is your spend. Okay. You know, spent. So, so a lot of people have their focus on the revenue goals. I think, (laughs) I think a wrong goal is on the revenue. I think the right goal is on the spend. Totally agree. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So one of the things that, you know, so I have, I have a, you know, I have an MBA and and a a BS, I think it's a BS uh, from a a great university here in the, in the Silicon Valley. And one of my biggest takeaways is I can read a financial statement, right? Balance sheet, income statement, cash flow statement. Back to the income statement. I wish more families would look at their income statement. Sure. As a family. Yeah. And yeah. the top line would be what you and I just talked or what I talked about income. You talk about spending. So my next one is it's a, what I call freedom dollars. Some people could call discretionary income. Mm-hmm. 
And I wish more people would simply talk about that. If you only have $17 of discretionary income, that's what you should talk about. That's what that's you right. should make decisions on, right? right? I in, in my Get Your Money Right course, I talk about a family. I think it, I think they made 200 grand a year, maybe 250. Where at the end of the day, I, I believe they had like $212 of discretionary income. Yeah, you know? I remember that. It was awful. Yeah, it was just like, what are you doing, folks? What are you doing? Yeah. Here, all these expenses. And oh, by the way, every financial decision you have should be made on $212, not your 200K income, $212, right? Yeah. But nobody thinks that way. No, no. I've never met mm -hmm. anybody that says my freedom dollars or my discretionary income is X. The only reason we built our portfolio as fast as we did is because we are focused on the bottom line, not mm -hmm. the top line. Literally, I think you were the same way because I, I think we talked about this one at one point. Every bill that we looked at and every bottom line statement on the end of the month, it was every single extra dollar that we had, we might go out to a dinner or something like that. But on top of that, it was into the fund, ready mm -hmm. to buy the next house. Absolutely. That's what every single one was, right? For same 10 for years. It was, yes. oh my yes. gosh. Yeah. And again, I've shared, I had many emotional breakdowns because sacrificing that long, that consistency, no extras, it get hard when you see your friend driving a new whip and you know they're gone to their third Hawaiian vacation. But you know what? I'm feeling pretty good now. It you know retired at 45, and you know they're still you know schlepping 100,000 miles a year on airplanes, which I freaking hate. Yeah. Oh, that was yeah. That yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but I loved my 1996 Pontiac Bonneville with 242,000 miles. So I don't know of what you speak when you say nice whip. <laughs> Uh, I actually but, had a company car for a decade. So it was yeah. fine by me. <laughs> oh, I had, I, so we had a guy on the team and I couldn't help but laugh. And so I, I know Serge would never see me, ah. but this guy, so we had a $700 a month car allowance for our software game. Yeah. And everybody else would spend that plus, right? Yeah, of course. So people were buying the seven series Beamers yeah, and Mercedes. Because it's, and, because it's not 1500 for me. It's only eight. Cause my, that's right. The other that's seven. right. Yeah. Mike's, Mike's nailing it. And, and this guy, Serge, I love this guy. He was awesome. He was huge. Like I'm almost six one, like, you know, a quarter, you know, quarter of a thousand, I'm 250 <laughs> plus. This guy was probably six, three or six, four. And he probably outweighed me by 35, 45 pounds. Big boy. Yeah, huge. And <laughs> he was getting into a Hyundai at the time. Oh my goodness. Not a Hyundai now. Uh, look up like oh, yeah. 1999 <laughs> oh, Hyundai, Hyundai Accents. That's what he was in. And he literally pulls in the thing, brand new plates on the back. And I was like, what the hell is that? Yeah. He goes, my new company car. And they go, what? <laughs> uh, what? He goes, the payment is two twenty four. I pocket the rest. <laughs> yes. And I was like, you do realize that you have to drive around in a Hyundai accent all the time, right? <laughs> and he was laughing at me. And then I watched him have to get in the car and he could barely like, you know wedge himself in these. yeah yeah like had to put the seat all the way back and i was like you'll be okay sir just text me when you get you know call me call me when you get here from your car phone yeah call probably the only probably the only hyundai accent in the world with a car phone that's probably so, the only one that is so funny. yeah, yeah. Hey, you gotta respect Sorry. it man you gotta respect it I, uh, honestly mike like that guy's the dude 
Yeah. Like that that guy's like can you imagine the ridicule? Are you you know all oh. the ridicule he had to suffer through? Tortured. I know he was tortured. People around the organization in other countries <laughs> found out what he did. No joke. People across the country, people in other countries, you know, because we had a big presence in Canada, we had a big presence oh. in the UK, we had a big German office. Like, holy cow, yeah. It, and people found out about it and they were laughing so hard. Oh, oh my goodness. That's awesome. Well, good for him. I yeah, good for exactly. him. Exactly. Good for him. Yeah. Good so the him. next one I have is uh there's too much focus on net worth. Yes. I mean, how many times are you in a conversation and, and it comes around to, you know, what are you worth or what's your net worth or blah, 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 blah. Or what, you know, same kind of breath. How many units do you own? Yeah. None of those numbers matter. Nope. None of all first off net worth is a guesstimate at sure. best. Yep. Um, it's fake at worst, right? Sure. Number of sure. units doesn't matter. It nope. just doesn't. This whole number of units is the only thing that matters is stupid behavior. Yep. Uh, it should only be about what's your cash flow? What's the net, net, net? Yes, of course. Like, I mean, so Mike, on. you bring up a great point. Like there's this one investor in, in our state. God bless the guy. I mean, we are just completely the opposite. And I, I know he's, he, what's really funny is he's actually from, he's got a background from Wall Street. Oh, okay. And so he, his model and we've been on like chat boards and things like that, trying to help people out. And he's taking a complete different direction. His model. Yeah. His model is I will buy anything so long as I can make 50 bucks a door. Well, okay. Let's just say I've got a list of his properties. <laughs> and when things start to go south. Yeah. Yeah. It's the whole Warren Buffett, right? Time to see who's swimming naked. I would exactly. say. Yeah, kind of skinny. Exactly. 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 So, I mean, yeah, you're exactly right, which is it's cash flow, it's cash flow, it's cash flow. Uh, Mike, I don't know about you, but I have never, ever, 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 ever bought a house saying in 10 years, this will be worth X. Oh my God. It's not a part of, I will not let that be a part of anybody's calculation. People ask me all the nope. time, all the students, mm -mm. what about appreciation? I nope. And it doesn't exist. Nope. 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 It nope. does not exist because you know what? I don't know if I'm going to own it in 10 years. I don't know if I want to own it in 10 years. I don't know if there's a nuclear spill yeah, in that or an oil spill in the river that's close to that plate. I have no idea. Yeah. So the only thing that I can count on is one thing and one thing only. What does it cash flow now today? And what are the risks to it not cash flowing in the future? Because right. it's all about the cash flow. Oh, I, in I fact, tr truth be told, Mike, most banks do not get giddy when you have a higher asset class, no. when you have a, a higher number of assets. They're like, well, you're more of a risk and you're more attributed to housing, <laughs> Amen to that. right? Yeah. yeah. They look yeah. at this as even more risky. Yeah. So it's You kind of have sexy. your eggs in one basket. Uh, yep. Yeah. I'm watching yep. the basket. That's the point. Yeah. Exactly. I'm looking at how much I get from my eggs every single day. Yeah. Exactly. And that's how we figure this. Yeah. Yep. Then the last one I want to talk about, kind of the reverse of net worth. I wish more and more people would talk about their time freedom. Yeah. Because right? that's really what it should be about. Of course. You're, you're buy, the rat race is real. I wish more people would realize that. And by buying cash flowing assets, you're buying your time back minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day. And eventually it gets to a point where you bought back your time. Mm -hmm. And you and I get to decide what the hell we want to do. That's Let's right. talk about that. How much time have you bought back? That's right. Is it, is it an hour a week? Cause you have one unit. Well, great. How do you get to two? That's right. 
I wish more people would just talk about that. It's, it's, it's about the bottom line, discretionary income, time, freedom, all these other things just don't matter. I, I don't know what the calculation is, but there's got to be something that says, hey, I've bought back seven hours of my life. Well, let's celebrate seven. Now, how do you get to nine? Absolutely. When the, and so, Mike, so we actually, so myself, I went through this exercise um, literally this, this spring, literally this spring, went through the exercise. And I just said, you know what? I've got three kids now. I've got an eight-week-old, a two-year-old, and a three-year-old, and I wanted to spend a lot more time with them this summer. And I said, the only way that I can do that is if I can find somebody that I can trust, that can offload a lot of my responsibilities to my properties because I self-manage, mm. I can offload that to them. And so that's what I went in search of. That's what I found. And it's been great because I've spent a significant more amount of time with my kids. That's amazing. For the summer. And it's an investment. It's, it's costing me money out of pocket. Mm-hmm. but it's an investment that I'd happily make because, you know, it's amazing. And I see my kids a lot for how much I work because I don't sleep very much. That's awesome. So I see my kids a lot, but that was always my goal is I always wanted to be an ever present dad. And I don't trust anybody else teaching them what I will be teaching them. My little baby lumberjacks. There you go. So well, th- this has been a wonderful day. All three of these episodes. One more time. How can people follow you and be part of your world? Lumberjacklandlord.com and Lumberjack Landlord on YouTube and also purchasing either of your amazing courses. Um, I am in there as well. And uh, yeah, lots, lots coming. Guys, honestly, I've seen a lot of courses. Frankly speaking, I haven't bought any of the $5,000 ones, but I've talked to people that have, you know, because I wasn't born at night. Yeah, exactly. Um, And so I've talked to a lot of people that have. Those are, that's just quite frankly, it's a lot of crap. It really is. It's, it's not, it's, you know, this is the real deal. This is the get you in the weeds, gives you a process. Mm-hmm. And if you don't feel comfortable at the end of the day, that's fine. Qualify yourself out. It's yeah. 300 bucks. It's 300 bucks. not a yeah. crazy amount of money, but it could be the best investment that you ever make because it will stop you from doing a bad deal as easily as it will help you find a good deal. I am into that. Well, with that folks, we will close it out. Another great week with the lumberjack. Thanks buddy. Awesome. Thanks Mike.